Hey guys, I'm Brad. I'm Lisa. And welcome to Unrunned to Pursuit. We just want to invite you guys into real unedited conversations about real life topics that affect your marriage. Yeah, guys, we are passionate about training and equipping marriages to succeed through God. All right, welcome back to season seven. We are always thrilled to be with you and we are always thrilled when we have guests that we know are going to really bring some value to you. So we're really excited today, but before we get started, I do want to start as we always do with a review from one of you. So this is from Cherie236. It says, truly life-changing. So thankful for this God-fearing couple. They've stepped out into the unknown of God's calling to be obedient and help marriages reach their full potential. What you see is truly what you get. The real-life topics of healing, hurt, raising families, and doing it all while living for Jesus in a broken world bring hope, laughter, and understanding. We will forever be thankful our lives, and especially marriage, were impacted by this ministry. That means a lot. Thank you very, yeah, very much. That's, awesome. that's exactly like our whole mm-hmm. intention. So we love when people know. And, and I we actually got to meet this couple and do a reboot with them in person. Yeah. So they actually got to spend a whole weekend with us. And they, <laughs> they definitely know exactly who we are. So yeah. very, very cool. Thank you very much for that review. So we are so excited to have our guest who I'm going to do. I mean, I asked her before we got on here. Am I saying your last name right? So in five seconds, I hope I still say this correctly. <laughs> we have Kristen Mele. No, I said it wrong. I said it right. Okay, yeah, you're fine. Yeah, okay. that's good. Woo. And she is from Sex Ed Reclaimed. So just to give a little background, we actually found each other on social media. And I love that we have gotten to have just, this has been such a great avenue where we've gotten to meet such the good people. The, uh, yes, the Insta Streets. That's what Brad likes to call yeah. it, the Insta Streets. He heard yeah. that from someone, and he's yeah. now claimed it as his own, that that's what he's <laughs> going to call it, the Insta Streets. And we actually got connected through someone mutually that we are, are connected with. And so it's been really cool. I actually have purchased this curriculum for my kids. Yeah. Uh, so I'm super excited for you to share what, you do your vision how you got this started so welcome thank you yeah. for for being with us today oh thank you guys for having me here i'm excited to talk and uh, get to share about sex that reclaimed yeah so tell us okay so it made me laugh what? i was thinking about you this morning how you have dived into an area that most parents run from <laughs> yeah this, this is this, sure. this is like the yeah. thing you know which Brad and I have laughed. First of all, how the talk got labeled birds and the bees. Yeah, right. Like, right. Seems I've, very strange. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've heard I've heard rumors. It's like a you know, there's theories about that and they're weird. Um, <laughs> right? I can tell you that. Yeah. But I will say most of the theories agree that it comes from an avoidance to actually talk about what you're talking yeah. about. You know, I can hundred um, percent see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I think that I feel like you can see culturally this shift in, in waves of like where people oh, you know, talk about this in one area and then they talk about it in another way. And then, you know, generations later, you see the damage that it's done and or Mm -hmm. didn't talk about it enough. And so when I did get a chance to read through or not read through, actually go through some of your curriculum, I was like, wow, she is being so real and relevant and addressing things. So tell me, how did you get into this space where most people learn from? (laughs) Right, right. Well, I kind of ran from it too, a little bit. Um, So I relate in that um, sex was not a natural thing for me to talk about. It's become a very natural thing for me to talk about. And actually, it's become a passion of mine, but that's been very God led. Um, I didn't really know how to talk about this topic, but was 
praying for a job in grad school to be able to go to grad school. And the job I got was teaching human sexuality to undergrads. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was terrified. And actually, (laughs) I literally just posted about this today a little bit. But the reviews I got back that first semester from these undergrad students, some only being a year younger than me. But, you know, that's how college is. Like, you teach, right? Um, we're, we're, we're very mediocre. I was a mediocre, uh, teacher my first semester, um, because I didn't know what I was doing. I was uncomfortable and I didn't know how to talk about the topic. And truly behind that, I felt that it was wrong to talk about it. Mm. I thought that we should not be talking about it, which is so funny to me now, because that was actually like a lie from Satan, if I'm viewing it correctly. Um, But at the time that felt godly. (laughs) Like I thought that was godly to not talk about it, even though the Bible talks about it. And so I had this revelation after the first semester of teaching. That's really not that much of a revelation, but it was for me of, hey, this is God's and um, he created it and it has really good purpose and it's really beautiful. And it's the reason that people procreate and it's there's parts of the body that are just created for pleasure um, that God created. And um, it's really beautiful, but people are sinful and people are rebellious and um, they've gone astray. And I already knew those things yeah. deep inside, but I was like almost claiming them. And it was this big light bulb moment of I can I can teach this because God talks about mm. this and he loves us. And so I started to teach differently and I became very comfortable and I was able to weave truth. It was a, it's a secular university that the university I went to, but I really feel that I was able to weave like truth about what we're all looking for and fulfillment and where um, hope and peace and joy are not found. Mm. Um, all the people are looking for that in sexual relationships. And so um, it was really good. And then I actually left that position because my graduate school time ended and I missed it. Like I really <laughs> missed it. And I went to work in the public health space, which is what I had always planned on doing. And um, actually, uh, I feel like I'm not really selling myself by being like, oh, this wasn't what I intended for. (laughs) And then I got fired. I got fired from a public health job. And to this day, I don't really fully know why, but I think it's because God had a plan for me. And it was not to be working in an office space around matters of public health. Specifically, it was actually to go back into sexual health education. And both of those times in early grad school, when I was praying for a job and when I was fired from my first real life job um, outside of schooling, I had these like crises, like, what am I supposed to do? And God answered. Um, maybe, you know, one was kind of quickly and one was a little bit slower. So not on my timeline. But once again, I was drawn back into sex ed and actually back into um, more public spaces where I was able to weave truth in and learn about it myself and um, rely on the Lord. And so God has drawn me to sex ed again and again and again. (laughs) And with sex ed reclaimed, um, I just began in January. So um, it's fairly new, but I've been teaching sex ed for about 13 years. And so I started this this business really because once again, I was in crisis last, or I'm sorry, not last fall, fall of 2021. And I was praying about what am I supposed to do now? I had just left the mission field and it was Mm. unexpected. And I was very upset about everything that had happened and was just praying, Lord, what now? Once again, it was like, boom, 
sex ed. Like, <laughs> really? Like, yes, everything you've been teaching, just film it, you know, and put it put it online for people so that they can view it at home. Like this pandemic has happened. America is sadly fraught with school shootings. A lot of people are homeschooling. Like people don't know how to talk about this. Put it online. And it was like, oh yeah. And so I seriously, I was like, okay, I'll film three videos, like three <laughs> basic videos. And and then it actually became over 90 <laughs> because I just couldn't stop talking about various topics yeah. within um, the field of sexual health and what Christians um, can be talking about, but don't know how to be talking about. And I just, we just kept filming and filming. And I had this lovely team sprout up from nowhere, which was totally mm-hmm. from the Lord and um, just be like, yes, yes, yes. We want to help. We want to help. Um, and that's what made Sex Ed Reclaimed. It was prayer and God. <laughs> I'm just... We love somehow stories. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's awesome. And the process of it, wrestling it out, right? What does God have mm-hmm. for me? Where am I supposed to be? Those no's that actually led you to the place you're at right now. Oftentimes when we're going through those moments of crisis, right? What do we think? We're like, okay, well, God's abandoned us or we have yes. no idea our direction. And then somehow, some way we can look back and see, oh, <laughs> I see. I see how God worked yes. it out through through this whole yes. thing. Yeah. And, yeah. and watching, you know, you know, obviously I haven't been able to watch all 90 of your videos. And so we're, I'm going through this with my kids right now, mm-hmm. but you know, I think I've appreciated your approach so much because I think the, the reality is, and, and for any parents listening, I know we have a lot of parents listening. The world is talking about this. Mm-hmm. That's what I just yeah. need somebody to understand. Like you avoiding this topic does not mean the topic is avoided. It just actually hinders you from being part of the conversation. It hinders you from speaking truth over your child. It hinder it hinders you from being able to have open dialogue that helps them usher from one season to the next. And so every parent needs to take this very, very seriously. And I mm-hmm. think right now, especially in culture, it's like this is promulgated everywhere you look, right? And there's such yes. confusion around this area. And so over and over and over, you know, we're seeing Christian parents who do not want to have these conversations with their kids. And it's like, man, you need to have it. And so when I'm listening to yourself, I just love how you're just very matter of fact and, and literally explaining things scientifically this is exactly mm-hmm. the parts of your body. This is this is how they are designed. And I, I even loved how you talked about even healthy boundaries, godly healthy boundaries. And, you know, you in, but you invited a conversation around that. So I felt you did a very good job of not bringing in shame, but also promulgating like the, the there is just such great gifts to be had when we stay within God's design. And I thought you did that so well. Oh, thank you, Lisa. I appreciate that. It is, again, it's really from the Lord. I had a lot of shame around the topic and God worked on that in me. And so I'm glad that you're seeing it kind of come out in the video content because it is true. I'm a very real person. I'm very authentic. Like I am, um, kind of who I am, um, just as you were saying from your reviewer, like we kind of saw a little bit of the mess and the beauty. And that is me. Like (laughs) that is uh, honestly, sometimes my perception of even what goes on in the word, in the Bible, like with God's people, God's beloved, like they are a mess and God sees them as beautiful and beauty comes through them. And, um, ultimately, you know, the Lord, does his work through that group of people. And so that is how I feel not only about 
God's people, but that's how I feel about sex. Like it's, it's this beautiful thing, but there's a lot of mess in it because we are a sinful people and um, we experience the consequences of our own actions and the actions of others and the world around us. And so, yes, you cannot avoid this conversation with your children. Like if you're listening to this right now, like this is uh, maybe the sign or the moment where you just have that light bulb moment yourself of, oh my goodness, I need to start if you haven't already, because otherwise other people will. And they'll be the voice your children hear. And that's not really what you want. You want them to hear the voice of God and to hear uh, your voice in it and um, to know the truth about sex because it's a beautiful thing. But on this side of eternity, it's quite messy around us. And we can recognize that and we can speak about that to our children because they're already noticing. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they are. So tell me when you think is the right time to start talking to your kids about this subject. And tell me when and if there's a time that you think it's too late to, to start having that conversation. Yeah, so I'm going to give the answers that people will probably expect to hear. Um <laughs> Or maybe not, but I think they will. So the answer is today, start today. Mm-hmm. And it's it's never too late. Um, I had this um, connection with a couple here uh, where I live and, and they were talking about their adult children. And they were saying that they started to talk to that their adult children about sex. <laughs> and their adult ch- children are married, like they have grandkids. Um, and they were having these really beautiful conversations. But what they did first was they recognized, hey, we never talked to you about this. Mm. Like we never really talked to you about your changing body. We never talked to you about sexual relationships. We didn't talk to you um, really about dating too much. And we just want to recognize that elephant in the room. And we want to say that now, even though you're grown and you have your own children, we are here to talk about that Mm. and to debate and to have conversation and to look at the Bible together. And I just thought, wow, that's so beautiful because um, the the baby boomer generation largely didn't talk to us. Mm -hmm. And yet these two baby boomers were sitting in front of us uh, in front of me this day and saying, you know what, I we're, we've started with our own children, even though they're in their thirties. And it's like, that's, that's great because they're still forging that relationship with their kids around that topic. And they've recognized that they, they never did, which is a good way to start. Even if your child's 16 and not 30, mm-hmm. like, Hey, I just want to recognize, I haven't talked to you about your changing body yet. Um, I know that can be an awkward topic, but I am here for you. I also went through puberty. I also dated. <laughs> I really want to be present with you in the chaos of the world we live in, which is that there's news stories you and I have seen together. And I want to talk about those. Or I watched a movie with you last week and there was a scene and I actually really want to talk to you about that. And um, I think the recognition of, hey, I want to talk to you about this. I just don't know how is totally okay to save your kids. I think they'll respect that a lot. Um, But if you have a young child or younger today, like start today. And if you have an older child, start today. Mm-hmm. The way that that plays out is a bit different. With a 16-year-old, you can recognize some things that you can't with a, a three-year-old. But you can start by just what you said earlier, Lisa, talking about your body parts and um, recognizing boundaries. You know, hey, honey, does she want to give you a hug? Let's look at her body language. Like, that's what I do with my you know, five-year-old. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, no, I don't think she wants to give me a hug. It's like, you're right. Like, she doesn't. <laughs> um, And that's helpful to know as a young child, because they can recognize abuse earlier. They can articulate like boundaries are not Mm -hmm. anti-biblical, physical, emotional, like those are not against God. And so not only does science say that this is good for our children, but it's also good biblically. Um, It's 
okay to start teaching your kids because they need the information. They benefit from the information and actually they suffer without it. When, mm. when kids don't have education, they suffer. And when kids don't have, like everybody, I think would say that in the world, mm-hmm. right? If your child doesn't have education, like they will suffer. Um, for largely for the most part. But if a child doesn't have sex education, they suffer too um, in those gaps in just their misunderstandings. And then other things enter in that will teach them. And that is how they they suffer. And I don't say that to be fear-based. I'm not interested in being fear-based. I just say that because it's true. Yeah. Um, if, if we don't teach them, like we were saying earlier, they'll go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. So start today and it, it's never too late. That's powerful. What do you oh. have to say about this, Brad? Oh, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> no, I actually want to go back uh, a ways. So, to, because I agree with you, I grew up thinking that like, you don't talk about sex. Like, mm-hmm. you, you get the birds and the bees talk very one time, one time, and very, you know, surface, right? Like, of course. this is what <laughs> happens. And all right, don't do it before marriage or. You're sinning against God and who knows, you know, like this whole thing. Right. And it was never talked about from that point on whether maybe I don't remember my parents bringing it up again. I doubt they did just because Mm -hmm. that's the generation, just like you were saying, it's this whole generation. But I feel that the church started that. Mm. Right. I mean, I don't know. I wanted to get your opinion on that because you don't hear. Well, now I think you're hearing more from churches. Mm -hmm. Because they're realizing, like, the... We've lost this war, kind of thing. Yeah, lost the war. <laughs> the kids are going to... You're going to find it, right? You're going to mm-hmm. seek knowledge. And so if your parents aren't giving it to you, or if you're not reading the Bible, I mean, Song of Solomon's like, read it. That is... Yeah. It gets pretty deep, right? Yep. So I think churches are doing it more and more now, but they weren't doing it in the past. And I just wanted to, you know, maybe, like, pick your brain on that, like... You know, is it a, is it an uncomfortable, it's weird because it's like, why is this so uncomfortable? But the other subjects that are brought up in church, like, you know, which are fine, like you should bring up all these subjects in church, but why is sex so taboo? Right. That's a great question. Why is sex so taboo? Um, I think, I don't know that the church started it, but the church did nothing to help Mm change that narrative of silence. Um, And then I think the way they saw to fix it was by giving us legalism because sex, Mm -hmm. sex is so it, and maybe this is why it's taboo, but it's so intimate and it's naked. Like it's literally naked, but there's a lot of figurative there of just being completely before. And I think God maybe wanted that. Like that's a picture um, for how we are in a, in a, trusting relationship where, um, we're exposed, like God knows the depths of our hearts. Um, and he knows all our thoughts. I mean, he knows us through and through he made us. And so the physical act of sex here on earth, um, can actually glorify and him and remind us of these truths, but because it's naked. And the first thing we all know, Adam and Eve did was cover themselves. Like maybe that's the spiritual aspect of why it became taboo it's difficult to talk about that. And there is, and Satan loves shame and guilt and embarrassment. And he loves to make us run from God. Um, And he loves to lie. And so in that people, people ran, 
and, and they covered it up and, um, that did nothing for us. Like that truly did nothing good for us. Um, and the lie that I believed, which I mentioned earlier was that, um, it was like good to not talk about it. Like I was almost doing wrong by talking about it, man, where did that come from? And you know what? I love my parents, but I think that came from me never hearing anything from my parents or my church really. And I loved my, my, to this day, my, my parents still go to that church. It's a great church, but I just never heard anything. And so I believed then in that, and this is happening with your children. If you haven't started talking to them is that the church is silent. Therefore, um, God is silent on this. Therefore I'm supposed to be silent on this. And that's not true. That's, that's a lie. So, um, yeah, the way we self-corrected, particularly in the late nineties, early two thousands was with purity culture and legalism and, um, do this, don't do this. And you can have sex at this point. And once you can have it, then it'll be, it'll be really good because you did all the things you were supposed to do before, (laughs) but if you didn't do all the things you were supposed to do before, you know, you're like a used piece of chewing gum or (laughs) ugly flower or something like awful. And I don't think those teachers had bad intentions necessarily, but certainly there's a, a, a bad consequence of the way it was taught, taught because it wasn't taught uh, like the gospel, which is that, um, there's grace and forgiveness for our sins. There's mercy, but it took the cross Mm -hmm. and that is very intense. Like that is an intense judgment on our, my Christians, Brad's Lisa's sin. Mm -hmm. And so, um, that would have been a better and more appropriate way to teach about sex. Um, but instead it was probably pretty easy to teach legalistic values. Um, do this, don't do this. Right. And so easy for parents to sit, sit down with somebody and say, don't do this. And it's interesting you mentioned that because even today I was listening to a man who, um, was told by his parents Mm -hmm. not to have sex. And then he babysat and he saw a playboy. He was, um, in the generation that would have seen (laughs) playboys. Right. And it kind of opened up this new world. And he thought, well, I'm not having sex. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm just doing this. And so this surely can't be wrong. And again, that's a gap where he didn't really understand the purpose of sex. He didn't understand why it was meant to glorify the Lord, Lord, how it was meant to. And so when he discovered this thing, um, which, and obviously in today's age, it would be porn online. Uh, he, he kind of went for it because, that's what his desires told him to do. Um, and so I think that's where we've just messed up as the church. We've been quiet and scared and ashamed and embarrassed. And we've also been uninformed. Like we don't know how to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. And so I can't blame them entirely, of course, but people didn't, pastors included, didn't know how to talk about it because nobody talked about it with them. Mm-hmm. However, I will say, I think overall the church is changing that now. Oh, yeah but it's because we're in crisis <laughs> kind of like I was um, earlier, but yeah, we're, we're in crisis. And so we're recognizing the need around us and the statistics are shocking about how many leaders and churches alone watch and consume pornography, oh, right. Shocking. And struggle with addiction. And so if that's what our leadership is doing, then obviously that's also what the congregation is doing. That's what the body is doing. We need to be talking about it. Um, but churches are still a little bit shaky to do so. And I would say I've had the most ghosting, if you will, even with my curriculum <clears throat> from like the church. Really? Um, I can just admit that. Yeah, yeah, it's much easier to connect with families and um, even schools, Christian schools um, who use my curriculum mm-hmm. than it is with churches who are like interested. But then I, I just it's a hard topic. There's a lot of nuance to it. Um, different churches have different representations of what it means to talk about sex. They have different ideology and theology. Um, so it is, it is a little bit complicated, but, 
um, that's been a bit disappointing. Yeah, I can yeah. imagine, especially because, like you said, I think it's it's ground that has been lost. And yes, it's in crisis, <laughs> right? And so it's like people often don't change until there's crisis, mm-hmm. until you realize like, oh, there's a need for change and I can't avoid it. But it's like mm-hmm. there has to be somebody has to step into it. And, and I think the beauty of knowing like, yeah, we don't have to know it all. Right. But it's really amazing to know that there are people that God has placed in that role of going after all of the things to help you in that. And that's in any area of life, but that's where it's like, you know, there, just like you were saying before you put all this online, it's like, you were having to go into, to schools and do everything personally, but the ability now to just like access information, both good and bad, is so easy. <laughs> yes, yes, it is. And I loved being in schools, but I do see I'm and and this wasn't my like savvy business idea to put online. It really was like in a prayer time. I'm not, you know, making that yeah. up. It was truly from God. Um but this makes a lot of sense. Like families want to talk about this. And a lot of Christian families want to talk about this because they've seen the devastation in their own life from not being able to, even if they were a virgin when they got married yeah. and their husband was a virgin. And then they started to have sex and realized this isn't great. Like, I don't really like it that much. Like, what's going on here? Um, I, I was promised this was going to be amazing. Like, even in that, yeah. right? Like, that is... A, feels like a bit of a loss and that feels confusing. And then who do you talk to about that? Um, so it's super important for families to feel that they have a place they can go to, to have this conversation um, within their home, within their relationships, but also that they have somebody helping them do that. I think yeah. a lot of people don't want to do it alone since it wasn't modeled for them. And that I think is where sex ed reclaimed can come in and, and assist I would say one of the best reviews, like you guys read your reviews and I think reviews are so helpful. Like they can be so affirming. Um, And I got a review recently from a mom who said, you know, my oldest is off to college and I kind of led uh, sex ed conversations with him very fear-based, like don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. And then if he did anything, it was like a lot of discipline. She's like, I don't want to do that. Like, I don't think that worked well. I don't think it was the best approach. Um, And so with her three youngers, she's using the curriculum. And she said that they think she's the expert because she plays them all the videos. They're like, mom, how do you, like, you know this. And so we're going to, and they're like asking her all these questions because they think she's the expert. And that is the point. Like, I am just... A talking head in a way, I really want them to go to you and to say, Oh, mom, dad, you're showing me this. So you must know. And it's like, even if you don't, it's like, yeah, okay. Where's this question going? Let's find out together. Um, And really, you get to be the expert. Like, that is what I want. I want families to be talking about this um, far more than culture is. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's crazy to us how much culture has completely captured this conversation so much, you know, and, that's why we said earlier, like you can't ignore this, right? Because yes, somebody is going to go out and find the information they are seeking, right? And the information is out there. That doesn't mean it's the truth. (laughs) It doesn't mean it's not leading you straight into an addiction or straight into harmful Mm -hmm. sexual behaviors or straight into misplaced identity. Like all of these things are out there if someone is going out and they don't have a rooted Mm -hmm. relationship with Christ, if they aren't grounded in truth, Mm -hmm. if they can't have the conversations. So it's, it's so important. And now I know, you know, we predominantly are here to talk to married couples. Mm -hmm. So what do you feel like this has to do with, with married couples? How, how does this impact them? That was my next question. I stole it right out of your mouth. I stole it right out of your mouth. baby. (laughs) Such a good one. Um, 
I love that your ministry is to married couples, and I think your ministry is vitally important. And I think, once again, it speaks to an issue that hasn't been talked about for years. Like, how do you work through betrayal? How do you work? How do you actually problem solve together? Um, How do you have uh, conversations that are productive and godly and not stick in old patterns, like all of that. Um, And honestly, I would say that a big driver for me creating curriculum, even certain videos like that would come to mind that I should film. And I think that was like, every video was like Holy Spirit, honestly, like it it was the Holy Spirit, but um, we're from, in a, in a sense, my, uh, my relationship, like Mm -hmm. knowing, you know, my husband and our, our relationship together, um, we've been married like 11 years. And then you know, we both grew up in Christian homes yeah. and we had great Christian churches that we went to and our parents are amazing. And my parents just celebrated their 50th this year. Oh, awesome. um, we have incredible families and yet mm-hmm. uh, there was still this gap in our lives. And so understanding more of where he was coming from and more of where I was coming from, that really fueled these videos because I wanted to like speak to like little Kristen or like yeah. miniature version mm-hmm. of my husband, yeah. you know, to the kids like us who grow up in great homes, Christian homes, but like, don't know how it all works and what all goes down and what it means and what they're supposed to be thinking about sex or not mm-hmm. supposed like what, how does that actually function day to day? Like, is it okay that I had these thoughts and normalize some of that, like normalize Mm -hmm. the struggle and, um, but also identify what God says. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, I think it, it has changed my own marriage. If I can be vulnerable, um, as a sex ed teacher, like I said, I've been doing sex ed for 13 years, um, in a lot of different places. And my husband is a physician, so he Mm. knows the body and is a smart person. And yet in our own (laughs) marriage for many years, we did not talk about sex. Truly. I mean, we didn't, and, and we would like kind of flirt with it. Like I would like make a comment or say something or something I had learned or something I had taught. And we'd like maybe briefly touch on it. Um, but we weren't truly honest with each other and vulnerable about our own sex life and about our own ideologies around sex. Mm -hmm. Um, and it wasn't until really coming off the mission field and seeing some things on the overseas mission field that we had like a come to Jesus moment of, okay, we need to talk about some things. And man, I learned things years into my marriage and it was a good marriage, (laughs) like, um, that I had, did not know about my husband and about um, certain things, you know, he was exposed to and how that impacted him. And so we really got at it. And that was a turning point in my marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm not just saying that because I'm a sex ed teacher or because we're talking about this right now. I'm just right. being honest. That was a turning point. We have had the most cl- like intimately close relationship emotionally, spiritually, physically since those conversations, because it just it totally pivoted like how, how we conversed and how we approached confrontation. And I think it's said pretty commonly that the things couples fight most about, no matter their faith background, Mm -hmm. they are sex and money. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's true. And people will have conversations all day about money. Um, uh, But getting real about sex really changed my marriage. And I think that conversations with kids can spur that on. Like if you are talking to your kids about something, you're going to talk about that with your spouse. You know, you're going to be like, Hey, what was your experience of, or have we talked about like your previous day? Like, you know, your things are going to come up. And I actually have 
about 20 parent videos within my curriculum that just speak to the adults. Um, and I have a ebook as well, but, but really getting to like, what was my experience of sex ed? And if I didn't have one, or I feel I didn't have one, then what did that absence teach me about sex? Because that is impacting your marriage right now. Like I guarantee it. It just is. Um, and so some couples are incredible and I've probably had all those types of conversations, but there's a many, there's many couples who have not (laughs) and who are too uncomfortable. They're uncomfortable talking to their kids about sex. They're uncomfortable talking to each other because that, that carries on in life. And frankly, if we don't talk to our kids, it is likely that they're going to grow up to be adults who are also uncomfortable about sex and don't talk to their spouses about it very well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we are stopping that. We're stopping that, um, curse is a strong word, but stopping that legacy. Yeah. By, by talking to our kids, we want them to have sexually healthy relationships when they're adults or as a single person, mm-hmm. if they grow up, you know, and don't marry to have healthy sexuality, mm-hmm. biblical sexuality. Yeah. But that means we start talking to them about it as, you know, at a young age, like when they're young, we disciple our kids. Why aren't we discipling them sexually? Yeah. And and maybe that weirds some people out when I say that, but <clears throat> no, that's I all right. Th- press it, lean into that. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, th- I think that's an amazing little phrase right there yeah. because it, it is so true. It's God's designed everything, and the opposite is what we see everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's all thrown in your face daily. Billboards, movies, mm-hmm. you know, all mm-hmm. this stuff, it's just all thrown in your face daily. So to be able to switch that and pivot, and then a healthy marriage can't lack any of those three that you talked about, right? Spiritually, right. physically, and emotionally. They, it can't lack. If it's lacking one of them, the marriage is suffering hurting. It's hurting. and it, mm-hmm. they might not even know it's suffering yet, but it's going to suffer. And so yeah. I think that those three components, that's, it's a holistic approach yeah, well, to your marriage. Intimacy really is combines all of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so let me ask you this, you know, I'm sure that there are, you know, husbands and wives listening and they're, they're hearing you and they may even be feeling a little bit like, Yes, I'm I'm going to have these conversations, like these difficult <laughs> conversations I've avoided for the last 40 years. Today's the day, right? Yeah. And so um, I think, you know, give us an idea of, or, or if you have this to give our listeners, maybe some kind of question that might be a good way to approach something mm-hmm. with your kids or with their spouse. I want to say with their spouse first, like, you know, you learn to have these conversations. Is there a conversation starter that you could give a listener right now mm. to have that with their spouse? I know I'm putting on the spot. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, I think it depends a little bit on like what your previous conversations have been. Um, but in general, I would say you could start with the very open-ended question of um, what was your experience of sexual education like and you could say in your school, in your church, in your home, all three. And if you already feel that you fully know that about your spouse, that you guys have talked about that, um, I would say, how do you honestly think our sex life is going? Mm. Like, just talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah. That is a, a sexual health education conversation. Um, <laughs> and so, and and make it, you know, not like over like the dinner table with your kids, yeah. right? But like <laughs> a, a space and place that is like yeah. healthy and, and yeah. right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> maybe like maybe not as you're falling asleep. Um yeah, yeah. but truly having that conversation. Um and don't even be afraid. Like we talk about this kind of stuff at restaurants, my husband and I, you know, like it's a 
it's more like a little bit away oh, from yeah, people, yeah. right? We don't want like other people necessarily to hear about our sex life. But um, really having these conversations where you're like, hey, you know, we haven't checked in on this yeah. in a while. What? How do you honestly feel about our sex life? Mm-hmm. Um, I really want you to tell me and being open to that. Yes. And 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 if you're preparing to to ask that, then maybe praying beforehand yeah, um, that both your hearts would like be calm and yeah. um, just ready and, and discerning. But if you don't know what your spouse's experience of sex ed was really like, like maybe you only know like a one sentence answer to that. that I, I think that's a good one to start with because that informs uh, how they are now a bit, Absolutely. unless there's been some big change um, in them recently that, you know, and, and that informs also just, I mean, it, it informs like betrayal. Like it yeah. informs um, where we're looking for fulfillment and, sex is a big one. Like how we feel about sex is, is often very reminiscent of how we feel about God. I think, I don't think it's too, too crazy to say that. Yeah. That's a good insight. So do you find that the more comfortable then, so couples that are listening right now, right? Mm -hmm. The more comfortable you get talking about your experience of learning, you know, when you were little, right? Like I remember being in elementary school and like the dude, put a condom over his head and like blue air, you know, like the whole, you know, this is like late eighties. Right. (laughs) And it was just (laughs) nothing, but the more comfortable you get with learning about your spouse on all those levels, then you get more comfortable about learning. Like you're, it's almost like you're giving your spouse permission or each other permission Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, I like this. Like Mm -hmm. when we're, when we're intimate, like I like this or I enjoy, you Mm -hmm. know, because I think a lot of spouses don't say that, especially, especially Christian people, like faith-based, like you're a follower of Jesus because you get into like, is this selfish? Is this wrong to ask this? Like what, you know, what am I, you know, all these thoughts go through your head. So do you, in your experience, does it seem like, Hey, the more normalized I can get this conversation the better it could just go through everything in our marriage. Yes. Yes. I mean, what you're saying, Brad, like mirrors what we were saying earlier. I like felt that it was shameful to even talk about. And so I didn't, and I taught really awkwardly and I was uncomfortable myself. And then when I learned like, oh wait, this is God's and this is a good thing, but God has a context for it. And this is what that means for my life and for others. Like that is when the beauty of sex really started to open up in my mind and in my heart and in in my connection to the Lord. Um, And so good things happen when they are brought into the light and nothing that great happens in the dark. Um, And so we need to do kind of engage in that with conversation with our spouse. So what you're saying, yes, it absolutely begins to normalize it. Like you start about sex ed, which is kind of an easier thing to talk about. And then you get into the more deeper details of life, which are like, how are we relating during Mm -hmm. sex? What do you think about during sex? Like, that's important. You know, are you fantasizing about other people? Are we um, thinking, are we kind of zoning out? Do we not want to be there? Are we participating Mm -hmm. in like duty sex? Or is this really enjoyable? Why isn't it enjoyable? Does that not feel good on my body? Because I don't really know how my body works. Um, And Christians don't talk about the pleasure they're feeling or the pleasure they're not feeling because of the same thing that I was experiencing in grad school, which is, oh, that's bad. And it's it is not bad. God wants you to enjoy sex. He mm-hmm. made it to be good. It's beautiful. And um, you need to have those conversations with your spouse because it's important to God. And if it's important to God, then it 
can be and should be important to you as well. Mm -hmm. Um, The Lord has blessed this thing because Mm -hmm. he created it. And shying away from conversations, being too scared, um, understandable, but enter in and there will be beauty. Like it is really honestly a blessing from the Lord. Yeah. And I think, you know, listening to you talk about it and, you know, even some of the questions that you brought up and, you know, I think the reason even why some people don't ask the questions is quite frankly, it's scary to hear the answers. Mm -hmm. I think that a lot of times it's just like, man, I know something's wrong here, but Mm -hmm. I'm scared that you're going to tell me everything that I lack. Right. Or that I'm not doing these right things, or I'm scared we're going to enter in a place that doesn't seem like we can fix it. Or you will tell me that you're thinking about someone else and I'm going to be so crushed that I can't overcome this, you know? And I think like, just to kind of encourage, like sometimes we do have to wade through the hard conversations to get to health. And we do have to recognize the things that are toxic and the things that are beautiful and be able to sift through those things and, having the hard conversations is worth it in every aspect of our lives, Mm -hmm. including Mm -hmm. with our kids, including with our spouse. Like if we just ignore the conversations, if we don't ask the questions or if we don't respond to questions, it doesn't change what's happening in our lives. And it's like, you don't want to be married for 30 or 40 years and Mm -hmm. look back and just go like, man, I just hated that part of our marriage. Like it was never, it was never something that was gratifying. It was never something that was, you know, bonding us together and, and created an intimate aspect of our life that God really did design to be so beautiful. The fact Mm -hmm. that God did design certain body parts entirely for pleasure is so fascinating to me because it is this thing. Like we just like to think that, you know, God, God would not be interested in just that side of things, you know, just this, like, just a pleasure aspect of your body. Like that's, that's just such a, an unbelievable thing and how cool and amazing that God has gone into all that detail, right. To just invite that into a marriage, invite that into this, this freedom that is there when we do operate in that, in God's design. But yeah, I just think the conversations can be so intimidating and scary. And especially when we've spent our whole lives, you know, you're married and, you know, you've navigated through your whole life, either not knowing or avoiding or feeling shame or (laughs) thinking that, you know, basically everything that you were taught, you have found to be untrue (laughs) in your, Mm -hmm. in your adult life. So just, Mm -hmm. yeah, just to encourage people, this is an area that is meant to be healthy. And even after betrayal, this can be healthy. Yes. And Mm -hmm. I think that people need to, to know that it is not irredeemable, no matter what has happened previously mm-hmm. in your life mm-hmm. um our kids need to know that you know yeah. that that god is a redeemer and you know i think the average age of exposure for kids to pornography is eight is that is that mm-hmm. right yeah yeah you know I mean, and, and so many parents are not even you know fully aware and or filtering in any way shape or form what their what their kids are seeing or, or their access to being able to see um, please, please, if you're listening to this and you have young kids and you just think, oh, well, I don't got to worry about this until they're mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, 15, 16 years old, please worry about it now, um, you know, and, and help your kids guide them through the things that are going to keep them healthy and within just the beauty, if at all possible, and then tell them that they, it's all redeemable. Like, I think that's right. so important. 
It's so important because God does redeem and he does work in the craziest scenarios and testimonies are beautiful. And I think it's natural, like you were mentioning earlier, to not want the answer, like to not really want to know, like, does my spouse think about this during or like, has our sex life really been crappy for like two years and I just don't know. But inside, don't you want to know? Like, don't you want to know? And there's so much depth on the other side of that um, conflict and of that hardship. And, you know, Christ has never promised it to be an easy life or pain-free. I think there's pain in matters of sex and sexuality, gender, puberty. Um, But those can be drivers to a lot of goodness Mm -hmm. and to a lot of beauty and wholeness. Um, Mm -hmm. So even though we're a bit uncomfortable with pain, of course, and unafraid of it. I really think there's beauty on the other side, but you have to go there in order Mm. to experience it. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can just stay in the same place and be slightly uncomfortable and feeling (laughs) shame and never feel like that is an area that's awesome in your marriage. And, you know, I think in, in your life and in our lives, when we've navigated through that stuff, it is when you find so much just truly connection in that and, mm-hmm. and getting a chance to experience intimacy as God really did design. Mm-hmm. And that's worth going after. Yeah. Well, I agree. Tell yeah. everybody where they yeah. can find, Oh, you have another question. Oh no, not a question. I was just saying like, cause I, you're wrapping up. Right? Yeah. Like kind of, so I figured, <laughs> so I was just saying though, I'm excited to see what's like coming. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. you're just, you just really are getting started. Yeah. I mean, I know you've been in this field a long time. Yeah, yeah. But no, but I mean like this specific, you know, ministry. That's what, this is a ministry. So you're just getting started. So I'm anxious to see like how this progresses and what Mm. it comes to. And if you're a church listening, come on on guys. Like seriously, (laughs) I I don't understand. Like, uh, don't get me started. I'll get on a rant on some of that stuff. Well, we want to partner together with, you know, the advocating for people to have health in every area of their life as God designed. Yes. Right. And so I think it's really a beautiful thing that you're doing. And yeah. So mm-hmm. tell everybody where they can find, where they can find you, where they can get this curriculum, lay it all out there for everybody. And I'll make sure I link it in show notes. So if somebody does miss this, I'll link it in show notes too. Okay, great. Um, my Instagram is sex ed reclaimed. Um, I am all about reclaiming <laughs> sex ed for, for Christians. Um, God started the conversation. Why did we stop? And so sex ed reclaimed is my Instagram handle. It's I'm on TikTok and Facebook as well under that. Um, and then my email is Kristen at sex ed reclaimed. And I wanted to offer to your listeners as well, which I didn't tell you this before, but, um, if they use the promo code, unrelenting pursuit, then they can get 25% off of any curriculum or anything on the website. Um, I just, I want people to have access to these resources and I want them to start the conversation. Um, If they're afraid, you know, listen to the videos alone in in your closet first or something. I don't know, Um, but get started. And I promise you'll get a bit more comfortable um, with the material as you consume it. If that's something that you've never really thought about or considered before. So yes, unrelenting pursuit for the promo code that you can put in before you check out on my website, which is sexedreclaimed.com. I love that. And I will say, like, I mean, just the the videos I've listened to, like, I've learned things. And, you know, I mean, here I, I've been married for 22 years, right? 22 years? Yeah. Wow. 
Wait, right? But there, yeah, they're just things that, you know, you never like addressed all of these really scientific factors. You can never things. stop learning. Yeah, you should so always keep learning. You should always, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I love that so True. much. Thank you True. so much for sharing yeah. that with our listeners. We're excited to just get a chance to just continue to partner with you and encourage others mm-hmm. to reclaim this area of their lives and for their kids and to really do to change legacy. I think that is such a powerful thing. We always talk about just because it was modeled to you one way, you don't have to carry that forward. No. And that's such a powerful thing to recognize. Right. Yeah. Praise God. It's, it's true. And it's possible only because he is true and he is um, guiding conversations and reclaiming so many, so many areas in people's lives, including sex, sexuality, and gender. So hopefully we get to continue the conversation and keep seeing redemption stories and beautiful testimonies. Challenge, go to the website, get something. Start this conversation with your kids, start the conversation with your spouse.